0: al Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Sheikh Muhammad Du'ar. Bismillah rahman rahim Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi. Wa man ihtada bihuda. Amma ba My dearly respected brothers and sisters, we continue... بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ with the explanation of Al-Ha'iyyah of the great Imam Abu Bakr ibn Abi Dawood al-Sijistani rahimahullah and we are towards the end of the book the chapters where the Imam rahimahullah discusses how preference cannot be given over the words of Rasulullah. And this, without a doubt, is from the fundamentals of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. <clears throat> and the name Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah in itself indicates that. Because the word Ahl Sunnah. Wal-jama'ah means the people of the sunnah and the unified body. The people of the sunnah means their life is the sunnah. Their manhaj is the sunnah. Their practice is the sunnah. But this is a, a honorable name for the people of truth. And we ask Allah to make us from them. And we began mentioning the quotes of the great Imams Rahimaumullah regarding this point. How the words of Rasulullah are above everyone else's words. We mentioned what Imam Malik Rahimahullah mentioned when he said, Everyone, his words or his opinion can be accepted or rejected except for the owner of this grave. And he pointed to the grave of Rasulullah And Imam al-Shafi'i said, if a narration is found to be authentic, it is my way. If you want to know Imam al opinion, that's his opinion. He said, if the hadith is sahih, fahuwa madhhabi. If the hadith is authentic, that's my madhhab. These are the great imams. They wanted you to follow the truth. And he also said, if my statement contradicts the statement of Rasulullah then throw my statement against the wall and take the Rasul wasallam statement. Look at that. Throw my statement into the wall if it contradicts the words of Rasulullah No great imam would ever want his words to be above the words of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? And Imam Ahmad rahimahullah said, I am amazed at those who know the chain of narration and its authenticity, but they flock to the opinion of Sufyan. Meaning the great Imam Sufyan al-Thawri rahimahullah. So look at Imam Ahmad's words. He's saying it amazes me how someone can know a hadith is sahih but they still flock to the opinion of Imam Sufyan al-Thawri and this is not putting Imam Sufyan al-Thawri down Imam Sufyan al-Thawri was from the greatest of the Imams, of the Salaf who also loved the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi but Imam Ahmad is giving an example here that even Sufyan, as great as he is his opinion has no stance next to the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And then Imam Ahmad rahimahullah quoted the verse in the Qur'an. And pay attention to this verse. Allah azza wa jal says, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةٌ أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ This is a warning from Allah azza wa jal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, let those who oppose the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa commandment, those who go against the order of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa let them beware Allah says. Beware of what? That a fitna will befall them or a painful punishment. So two warnings from Allah for the one who goes against the Prophet wasallam's orders. For the one that goes against his way and against his sunnah. He said, let them beware that a fitna will befall them for doing that or a painful punishment. Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah, then done tafsir. He said, do you know what the fitna is in this verse? He said, it is shirk. That's the warning." and it's 100% true that whoever opposes rasulullah sallallahu wasallam and his way and his path and his sunnah they will fall into the fitna of shirk look at every sect that attributes itself to islam that has shirk in it whether it's the extreme Sufiyya or the rafida what led them to shirk them opposing the way of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you can never succeed if you go off his path, and that's why he himself, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What did he say? I left you on a white path. Whoever deviates from it is destroyed. La anha illa no one deviates from my way, meaning the way of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Except that he is destroyed. And that's 100% true. How can you be upon guidance? How can you be following the truth if you're not following the way of Rasulullah s.a.w. If the truth is not in his way, then in whose way is it? Who was the example sent to us? Who did Allah tell us to follow? And Nabi wasallam is our Qudwa, our example. And the scholars, they lead us to his way. So you have to search for his way, no matter where it is. You must always have the intention that you want to do things the way the Prophet ﷺ done it. Because he's the one that Allah sent to mankind to be followed. So no one has a statement, the Sheikh says, alongside the statement of the Messenger ﷺ. That which is obligatory upon us during times of khilaf. When we differ, what do we do? We return back to the scale. We go back to the scale. And this, no doubt, is from Allah's mercy upon us. And what's the scale? The Kitab al Sunnah. فَإِن If you differ in something, take it back to Allah and His Messenger. No one else. And you will always find the answer, وَلِلَّهِ الْحَمْدُ, with them. Because Islam did not leave us in the dark with anything. Islam covered everything. Allah Azza wa Jal did not leave us to rely upon differing and the opinions of men. My brothers and sisters, many people do not understand this. The opinions of men is not revelation from Allah. Yes, the scholars are our guide. And they lead us to Allah Azza wa Through teaching us the knowledge and the sunnah But the words of an imam is not revelation from Allah And whoever from the imams is correct gets two rewards And whoever is incorrect gets one reward for his ijtihad But we should not treat the opinions of men As though it is revelation from Allah This is called blind following Rather we have only been commanded To weigh the statements With the book and the sunnah This applies to the people of knowledge So who goes back to the Quran and the sunnah? It's the people of knowledge What about the general layman? He says as for the general common folk It's upon them to ask the scholars Until he's able to learn and research himself Then he Or the layman, Allah does not overburden him. He tells him to ask the people of knowledge. فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. So the general Muslim, the layman, should ask someone who is known to be reliable with his knowledge and his religion in order to take his statement. And due to this it is said, the sheikh says, The methodology, the madhab of the layman Is the madhab of whoever issues him a fatwa And that is from Allah's rahma He doesn't overburden people more than their capability If someone has little knowledge Allah's not going to overburden him Allah says ask the people of knowledge So as long as he asks reliable people of knowledge People of deen then this is what is required from him. And their fatwa is what he follows. The sheikh then says, nowadays there are newspapers and books which all call to taking the opinions of men over the text and to being more open-minded and easygoing upon the people. This is a a da'wah which is designed... To, pe- to take people away from the Quran and the Sunnah, where they use arguments like "be easy on the people," or "be open-minded," or yani, "there's there's there's room for differing in certain topics," where there in reality is no room for differing, and that going back to the dalil will be difficult and hard. The Sheikh says this is a statement of kufr. Because the one who said this is claiming that following the dalil is to be difficult and a problem. And the one who said this has disbelieved. Whoever claims that following the Quran and the Sunnah is hard on the people so you should make it easy on them, this is a statement of kufr. Because this person is implying Allah's religion is difficult and it needs to be changed. That is a statement of kufr without a doubt He says Indeed following the dalil is relief Following the Quran and the Sunnah is safety And it brings you relief Because it is ease from Allah Azza wa upon his servants So this The Sheikh says, Is what I will mention regarding the differences that occur among the scholars and the position we should take as it relates to those issues in which there exist conflicting opinions. He then continues and he says, The author's statement, Rahimahullah, since the stance of the Messenger is more befitting and comforting to the chest. That's what the Imam said. Don't put words over the words of the Prophet Because the Prophet's word Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Is more comforting to the chest Preference is to be given To the words of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And as we've mentioned You cannot put anyone's words above his Even Allah in the Quran He gave a command Ya al الَّذِينَ amanu nabi. O oh you who believe, do not raise your voices over the voice of the Prophet This verse, my brothers and sisters, was revealed to the Sahaba because there were times where they'll be talking and the Prophet is talking and without them realizing their voice gets loud and it gets louder than the Prophet voice when he's talking, unintentional. And Allah sent down the verse: "O you who believe, do not raise your voices over the voice of the Prophet Wasallam." The scholars of Islam said this is not only about the physical voice. It's not only about the Sahaba whose voices got loud over his voice. The scholars of Islam said this includes. Voicing your opinion or this sheikh's opinion over his opinion. Do not raise your voices over his. And putting an opinion over his is raising the voice over his. And when Umar ibn al-Khattab ta'ala anhu was the Khalifa, he found two men in the masjid of Rasulullah speaking with a high voice in his masjid. And the Prophet has passed away and he's buried. So Umar ibn al-Khattab called them. They are in Rasulullah masjid. message. He got these two men. First thing he asked them, and look at his wisdom. He said, "Where are you from?" So they said, "We're from Taif." He knew they weren't from Medina. He goes, "I'm going to give you an excuse because you're not from here." He said. But do not raise your voices in the presence of Rasulullah. And that's him passed away. And then Omar said to them, By Allah, if you were from Medina, I would have punished you. Look at the adab. This is called manners with Rasulullah. That you honor his words. And you put his words above everyone else, and this is the methodology of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jamaa. The Sheikh or the Imam rahimahullah, he then continues in his poem and he says, "Wala taku min qom talaheu bi dinihim, fatatana fi ahl al hadith wa And do not be from those who play games with their religion. Look at this advice. This is from the Imam in the time of the Salaf. He's saying, do not be from those who play games with their religion. If he said that, he's the son of Abu Dawood, rahimahullah. Early, early Islam. If in their time, there was people that played around with their religion. Can you imagine he was alive today? Today. What would he see? The people that have taken their deen as a joke and they play around with the religion. Look at the Imam's advice. Do not be from those who play around with their deen, attacking the people of hadith and reviling them. So when he says, do not be from those who play games with their religion, this means do not take your religion as a joke. And as play. For verily this is from the actions of the munafiqeen and the sinners. Only the hypocrite takes his religion as a joke and as play. Rather it is upon you to respect the deen of Allah Azza wa by honoring it and its people. Part of honoring Islam is you honor the people of Islam. And Allah Azza wa Jal said about the Munafiqeen, about the hypocrites, الَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا دِينَهُمْ لَهْوًا وَلَعِبًا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا Look what Allah says about the Munafiqeen. Those who took their religion as an amusement and play. And the life of the dunya deceived them. That's the hypocrites. They took their religion as an amusement and as play. Then the Sheikh gives some examples. What are some examples of people taking their religion as a joke and amusement and play? He gives an example like the Sufiyya. The Sufis, those who make dancing and beating of the tambourine and singing a part of the religion. This is making the religion an amusement and play. And they call it nasheeds and poems and whatever else. They recite them as a means to gain nearness to Allah when in reality they are songs with haram instruments, entertainment and amusement, which in reality draws them away from Allah, not closer to Allah. Also from the ones who take their religion as play are those who incline towards their lusts and towards whatever their soul desires and commands them to do. Meaning, whatever their nafs cause them to they obey it everything from their shahawat their last desires and whatever else they do it this person takes his religion as play even if it goes against the religion they are more deserving of being included in this verse the sheikh says also included in this are the sinners who are not concerned with the affairs of the religion the ones that indulge in haram and they don't care. This person is taking his religion as play and amusement. Because it means nothing to his heart. He'll sin upon sin upon sin upon sin and it doesn't move his heart. That's a person that's taken his religion as play. Likewise the worshippers from amongst the Sufia, The Sufis who have entered into worship things that are not from it. All the bid'ah, the innovations that the Sufiya do in their worship, this is a form of taking the religion as play. Such as the beating of drums, again he mentions and the dancing. They are those who take their religion as amusement and play, singing the poems, poems in a melodious tone Just like the Christians do with the ringing of their bells. Very similar. Yeah? Christians, Christianity relies a lot on songs in order to worship. This is not Islam. Your ibadah has nothing to do with songs or dancing or whatever else. This is all adopted from other adyan and religions. And that is why the, the sect of uh, or, or, or the, the, the way of the Sufiyya is closest to the two religions, Hinduism and Buddhists. This is what our Immah and our scholars have taught. But we have to fear Allah Azza wa Jal. Your religion is a serious matter. It's not something you take for play. Allah Azza wa Jal says... لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من الله If we revealed this Qur'an to the mountains you will find the mountains humble and crumble from the fear of Allah And we want to take this Qur'an as a joke When the Prophet ﷺ used to get revelation how hard was it on him The Qur'an is not easy Allah Azza says "Inna We will send down upon you, Muhammad وسلم, a heavy word. What does heavy mean? Heavy means heavy. It's heavy in my heart. This is Allah's word, Allah's deen. How can we take it as a joke and create all this foolishness in it? And fa'lan, the word of Allah is the heaviest. Allah says, we put the amana to the mountains and they were not able to, to carry it. And Bani Adam carried it. When Rasulullah would get the, the verses sent down to him, as he's on the camel, the camel will go down. it won't be able to stand. That's the heaviness of the Qur'an. One of the Sahaba mentioned that he was sitting next to the Prophet ﷺ, and when the verses came down to the Prophet ﷺ from how hard it was on Rasulullah the Prophet ﷺ's leg started tensing up and the Sahabi's leg was under the Prophet ﷺ's leg. So the Prophet ﷺ's leg was putting pressure on that companion's leg while the verses were coming down to him. The Sahabi said, by Allah, I thought my leg was going to break. That's what the Prophet ﷺ used to go through when the verses would come down to him. The Sahaba said he'll sweat in the coldest of nights from the revelation. And how many people take this religion as a joke? And like it's nothing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Halal, halal, haram, haram. That's the reality of the society that we live in these days. Allah, My dear brothers, my dear sisters, us as Muslims, yes everyone makes mistakes, everyone falls into sin, no one is perfect But you must glorify the deen of Allah in your heart You must And always try your best to avoid the haram and do what Allah commands As long as you have that methodology, that way of thought, even if you fall you pick yourself up and you repent, you'll be on a safe path. But someone who the haram means nothing to him and the halal means nothing. What did Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu, the great sahabi say? He said the mu'min sees the sin like a mountain that's about to collapse on him. A mountain over his head. Imagine a great mountain about to fall on you, that fear you have, that's how the mu'min sees his sins. He said, and the munafik, he sees the sin like a fly on his nose that he does that to him. Look at that example. That's the difference between a person that cares about his iman and someone who doesn't care. That's the hypocrite. He doesn't care about his iman, so he sees the sin just like a fly on the nose. It's nothing. La. Even if you fall into sin, you find that something great in yourself and you rush to repentance. This is what Iman and Islam is. Inshallah, we will continue with this point in our next lesson bi-ithnallahi ta'ala. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. This program was presented by Albion Radio.